Greenlit from the Basement. This is Danielle. This is Max. I'm an author and professor. I was once a minion for the High Priestess of Sorrow. Now, as a stay-at-home dad, I'm just way too busy to be depressed. (laughs) We're a married couple who discuss literature in our basement while our children are sleeping. Our show is pretty simple. I introduce Max to a poem. We discuss it a bit and use it as a springboard to discuss issues that we are passionate about or personal stories from our lives. And the boys are... Yeah. I th- okay. The boys are now asleep. I think they're asleep. So let's talk. Right on. What's on, what's cooking today? Uh, what's cooking is a poem from Human Dark with Sugar <laughs> by Brenda Shaughnessy. Yeah, I thought that was a um a, a cookbook. <laughs> the Cannibals Cookbook. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and from one of the poems in this particular collection uh, called Drift. I don't know that there's a, necessarily a particular reason that I, I chose this, other than this is one of my favorite books of poetry um it i'm not alone in that <laughs> it was a, it was the winner of the james laughlin award for uh of the academy of american poets uh, which is a big uh second book award mm-hmm. um it's like the biggest second book award that you could probably get that's a very kind of niche i mean specifically it's only open to people who have their second book out i think so i so think it's, it's like, a second book thing so it's the anti-sophomore slump award <laughs> yeah maybe so but yeah, a lot of been a lot has been made of the book. In mm-hmm. other words, uh, you know, a lot of people really enjoy this. You know, the the judges' awards or the comments about this book, um, you know, might give you an idea of the kind of thing that, of the, might give you an idea of the voice that she's working in here. Um, they call it urgent, comic, mischievous. Um, it's a braiding of an existential dark with the sugar of Eros. <laughs> Um, verbal slights of hand, um, verve, rueful good humor, and self-knowledge. Um, I sound like I just want to go out and have a couple of drinks with this book. <laughs> you totally do. You would love to have a drink with this book. <laughs> I think you'd have a super big crush on this book if it like could manifest into a person, which is possibly Brenda Shaughnessy herself, and so I hope you never meet her. <laughs> I, I did meet briefly, I think. I forgot where we were. I don't know. I don't know if you met her or not. I I brought her for a reading when I worked at the University of Cincinnati. Cincinnati, right? And I also met her when I was in my doctoral work. You know, when I was a graduate student, she came as the fancy writer. Um, okay. There, but so I've met her a couple of times. Um, I don't mean I don't know her. Know her. Mm-hmm. Um, I I mostly just you know adore her from afar. <laughs> um, maybe I'm thinking of this partly because of being at the Democratic, being at the governor's. Um, the governor of Oregon's election party last night mm. and hearing yeah. her speak. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's, I wouldn't know. I stayed home with the boys. <laughs> he did. I'm such a jerk. <laughs> we have a friend. Well, you've met him, Sean, who's in politics, who invited me to go along with him to the party. And I'd never been to, uh, uh, you know, anything like that before. And so it was really exciting. You know, we stood in the front row and, and uh, when governor Kate Brown walked out, you know, she was like, what? <laughs> she's this teeny tiny woman who was wearing this red blazer and uh, she was adorable and hilarious and great mm-hmm. and so maybe I just had in my head that I wanted to do a poem by a hilarious vivacious woman um, and I think that I think that in my head that equaled Brenda Shaughnessy okay <laughs> not not necessarily a great great reason but nonetheless there's plenty to talk about in the poem itself mm-hmm. so let's just dive right in maybe something that you could listen to uh, in this particular poem mm-hmm. is the way that the poet uses contradiction okay okay notice notice the kinds of contradiction that are in this work if you want to read along with the poem just go to our website litfromthebasement.com click on the show notes tab along the top and then look for show number 15 thank you <laughs> Drift by Brenda Shaughnessy I'll go anywhere to leave you, but come with me All the cities are like you anyway Windows darken when I get close enough to see Any place we want to stays polluted The good spots taken already by those who ruin them And restaurants we'd never find We'd rut a ditch by a river in nights so long they must be cut by the many pairs of wrong-handled scissors maybe God owns and doesn't share. 
I water God. I make a haunted lake and rinse and rinse. I take what I want and have ever since what I want disappeared, like anything hunted. That's what you said. Disappointment isn't tender, dried and wide instead. The tourists snapped you crying, and the blanket I brought was so dirty it must have been lying around in lice and blood that whole year we fought. It wasn't clear, so I forgot. I haven't been sleeping, next to you twitching to bury my boring eyes. The ship made you sad, and the ferry and canoe. All boats do. So the title comes from that last stanza, I'm guessing. Good call. We'll start with the title. <clears throat> um, yes. I mean, there is a certain, there's at the very end here, you get, of course, the images of, of transportation, right? Mm-hmm. And, 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 the, uh, and none of them seem to make the uh, you happy, right? Mm-hmm. All boats make them sad. But also, you know, you have in the title to drift away from one another mm. or to follow a drift Mm-hmm. Right in conversation or in thought, or just to be passive, yes, and just to be at the whims of the uh, currents. trade winds, yeah, and currents. Yeah, certainly, yeah. And um, there's a certain, I mean, one of the things that I, I really love about this poem is is that I think it creates a kind of tension through movement. It goes from one thing to the next thing to the next thing, and you don't really. Know, know where, what where, that next jump is going to be. Uh, no, you no. have no idea, right? <laughs> to drift in in thought, um, to be uh, both sort of next to and far away from someone at once. Um, in some ways, drift. We drift apart, or I suppose you could say drift together. But yeah, that's one of the one of my appreciations of this poem is that it keeps that sort of forward volta. It's a volta and volta and volta all the way through to the end and then just leaves you out there adrift. I'm, I'm, I know we've twice discussed volta, but I've already forgotten. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The volta is a turn in the poem. It's either, either a turn in imagery or a rhetorical trajectory or emotion. Okay. Yeah. So, um, there's, there's something about this that that it feels like it's sort of turning on itself Mm -hmm. and and it leaves you, it leaves you out there. It's like we start on the shore of this poem and then it just keeps drifting out and out. Nice. Until until you're at at sea. I'm very clever. I'm clearly not as clever as Brenda Shaughnessy. <laughs> you don't have to run it, rub it in. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was still impressed. That was nice. That was good. Um, but yeah, I mean, all, all of those themes you can see in here, right? Mm-hmm. The expectation of the poem is sort of set by this title. Um, it tells us that we're not going to stay in one place, right? It, the poem nicely slides through its own rhetoric mm-hmm. in some ways. I'll go anywhere to leave you, but come with, with me. me. Yeah. <laughs> so we start in paradox. Right. We start in, 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 and paradox is probably, it's a, more, it's a really a more specific idea than, than contradiction, really. Contradiction is part of the definition of paradox, right? Um, and there, there are a couple of, of ways of thinking of paradox. I mean, one is actual logical paradoxes, uh, quirks in logic that demonstrate how our thinking sometimes goes haywire even when we use um, you know perfectly logical reasoning to get there uh, for example like this statement is a lie this is the this is one of the more famous of, of, of logical paradoxes because it's it's really simple these simple words are self-contradictory if the statement is true then it's a lie which means it's not true but if it's not true then it's a lie which makes it true Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. So these sort of self-contained sentences that uh, that have a, that kind of logical paradox. Literary paradox is is slightly different. Um, it's 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 not necessarily has has to do with logic. Cruel and kind um, are apparent contradictions, but then you get a line from like the one from Hamlet, which is "I must be cruel only to be kind." 
which, you know, on the surface, you're like, well, you can't be cruel and kind, you know, at the same time. But then, of course, you know, you can you can tease it out pretty easily. Like you have to be cruel in some minor way, you know, in order to be kind in some larger way. But Ophelia still winds up, winds up um, drowned. In the river. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Adrift, <laughs> if you would. Um, and I, I bring this up, this sort of idea of paradox, because uh, Shaughnessy is using it throughout this. And I think it's one of the sort of defining stylistic choices of this poem. Okay, the poem. Okay. Yeah. Um, And it's also one of the defining stylistic choices of um, metaphysical poets to which she has often been compared. Hmm. So. What uh, would be some just, uh, are there any bigger names that a layman like me would know? John Donne. Um, George Herbert. Andrew Marvel. No, John, no? Uh, just going back to John Donne, I yes. actually do know, and because he's, he's centuries past, correct? Yeah, this, the, metaphys- the metaphysical poets uh, were uh, writing in the 17th century. Okay, the reason why I know John Donne uh-huh. is Clive Barker quoted him in, um, in one of his books. I think it was The Damnation Game. Anyways. Do you remember what the quote was? Um, it was actually the whole poem, The oh. Ship. And it was, oh, you're right. The whole thing is about contradictions. Oh, uh-huh. my God, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it was it was about um, a, a ship in battle uh-huh. and how everybody on board died in these perverse ways. Now, I, I can't quote the lines, um, but basically the ship is blown apart and flips over. Mm-hmm. So what you have are people trapped in a burning ship rolled over. So you have like one of the lines is those in the water burnt. And those in the air drowned. It was just talking talk, because oh, yeah. the ship had buoyed up. So there was mm-hmm. it sucked water in. Yes. And it went up. And yet the people who were in the ship drowned. And those who were it was just this this juxtaposition. And the final lines were uh, this awesome juxtaposition like that. Yeah. Um, and Clive Barker was using it as, as a basically all hell breaks loose in this chapter kind of intro. Yeah. Um, but so there. Yeah, I know, I know no, John Donne. Yeah, I spent actually a uh, I, I think a good month of my life reading like all of John Donne, but oh. this is this is back in like 2002. So, mm. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> this was back in 1988. <laughs> oh my! I'm very impressed with your memory right now. Um, but yeah, he uh, so John Donne um, <clears throat> wrote a lot about well, sex. There's a lot of sex in John Donne. Mm-hmm. Uh, God. Uh, sex and God, mostly. <laughs> he ended up being a religious leader, and so he has a lot of sermons too. And a lot of people have taken um, titles of other literature from his sermons, like "For Whom the Bell Tolls." Oh, is from John Donne. Okay, I I yeah. am familiar with that. Right, um, but he's also known. So he's he's also known as sort of a one of the quintessential metaphysical poets. Which, by the way, was not what they called themselves. It was just, it was sort of a loose group of people who were writing the 1600s that a critic leader. 1600s. Yeah. Wow, well, 17th okay. century, 1600s, okay, okay. right. Um, that a critic uh, later sort of noticed, or put them all together and sort of made an argument for them all using similar styles. For the radio listeners who are just tuning in, you're listening to lit from the basement with Danielle and Max. The poem we're discussing today is drift by Brenda Shaughnessy. If you'd like to read along with the work, you can find it on our website, litfromthebasement.com. Go to the show notes tab and find show number 15. Now, what would be, I mean, from what I understand is metaphysics, it's just basically new age crystals stuff, <laughs> right? I mean, when we talk about metaphysical, we're talking about um, it's, it's religious, not, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, it's not quite as, uh, it's not quite as, uh, well, literal yeah <laughs> as you're as you're taking it to be so so the one of the defining characteristics of metaphysical poets is that they um they do this sort of blend of emotion and, and intellectual um sort of analysis of their emotion mm-hmm. both at the same time like you know uh, the um the metaphysical poet doesn't just like declare their feelings mm-hmm. they would analyze their feelings how they're feeling about something and so it ends up being more about the style reflects um, it, 
the style reflects the sort of stops and starts of thought, mm-hmm. the act of thinking, in the act of trying to describe usually the ineffable, God, oh, I know the, love, okay. ineffable, okay. yeah. Um, and so because of that, um, and one of the one of the more famous examples is uh, George Herbert's uh, "The Caller." Don't which, know, don't know him. Yeah, at all. well, I won't, I won't go into that because we just won't have time in this conversation. But um, he is, he, he's. He sort of mimics the kind of random or irregular style of thinking through the form itself. Mm -hmm. So the metaphysical poets didn't follow strict forms Uh, in a way. They had rhyme. They had meter, but they would stray from the rhyme or meter in order to express uh, more authentic cadences of thought. I am utterly drunk. Finnegan's Wake, the Dubliners. Um... Problem is Joyce Carol Oates is the name that's coming in. Obviously not. She's an American. James Joyce. James Joyce. Okay. Yeah. Um, given it, his whole thing was how the thought and the brain works. Oh, interesting. Like right. Hanani Cow or yeah, I suppose does so. He qualify or is that no? Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, you sad boy. Go back away. <laughs> no, you cute little thing. <laughs> okay. Well, how about Olivia Newton-John's? Let's get metaphysical. <laughs> I think you've twisted the title just Let's a bit. Let's get metaphysical. No, I, physical. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I got it. Yeah. That's a good thing you're pretty. <laughs> Ouch. Wow, that was lacerating. <laughs> um, but there's, there's, um, so, so metaphysical poetry is, is hot. People think of it as as intellectualized, right? It's a, it's usually about emotions or about emotional mm-hmm. things, but um, but how to remove? He, he, not exactly. I mean, yeah, to a certain extent, I guess mm-hmm. is what people mean when they when they say intellectualized. It's probably a good way to say it, but mm-hmm. it feels like it's a little bit um, out of remover. There's a there's a kind of disconnect between the emotion that they're discussing um, and the way that they're discussing it, right? They're not going to be like, I mean, you know, one of the Another good example from this particular book is even the very first poem, which starts with, I'm over the moon. And the first lines are, I don't like what the moon is supposed to do. Confuse me, ovulate me, spoon feed me, longing, etc." Okay, that's more Brenda. Brenda Shaughnessy, yeah. yeah. And, and, and there you can see she's like, I'm not going to be satisfied and romanticized by this moon thing. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think I like what it's doing to my emotions. And I don't like what I think it's making me feel, you know. <laughs> Um, that, that instead of think, instead of saying like, oh, the moon, you ovulate me, you spoon feed me longing. It's not like that at all. Right. She's like, I don't know about this. <laughs> um, and in John Donne's work, um, he often uses this weird, um, intellectual prowess as a form of seduction. So there's this famous poem called the flea in which he's like, oh, yeah, I do know this. this flea. Yeah, the flea has bitten him and bitten this woman, mm-hmm. and their their blood is together inside what he says. I think it's like this chamber of jet. I think something something like that. Ah, I, I wish I could remember the exact. He's describing line. the the itty bitty little uh-huh. flea as a chamber yeah. of jet. Yes, like jet the. St- oh, uh-huh. our blood has already mingled. We're practically already married. Yeah. Look at this. Um, like if that's what it is. Like if if there's going to be sort of the virginal blood of marriage, mm-hmm. right? then look, we've already mingled here. Like, we might as well do it. <laughs> Crabs, let's just keep going. Well, I mean, the fact that he's using a flea, right? Yeah. Um, so there's also this um, this tendency to make comparisons. Uh, that's one of the, another style of the metaphysical poets, to make uh, comparisons of very strange things. Uh, and, you know, so you, you see how that might be working with paradox, sort of a deliberate... Um, uh, strangeness in comparison. Nobody's like fleas. They remind me of love, right? <laughs> like nobody's nobody's ever said that. Um, and so, comparisons can work in 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 sort of one of two ways, right? Sometimes comparisons um, show um, the similarities between things. Mm-hmm. Um, something more more similar, like you know, her cheeks are like roses. Well, they're both red. Right. Mm-hmm. And sometimes comparisons, especially like forced comparisons, um, can Her eyes sh- are like limpet pools <laughs> or our love is like a flea. <laughs> right. Um, that um, it, it's it's 
further emphasizing the difference between these these things. And so in in Dunn's case, he has to really work hard to convince the person uh, of the comparison. Mark but this flea and mark this. How little that that how little that which thou deniest me. It sucked me first and now it sucks thee. <laughs> you know, it goes on and on. Anyways, um, so you'll notice. It sounds like he actually, I'm, I'm going to read that as the fact that he gave somebody crabs. He changed it to flea and trying to tell him, hey, baby, that's the gift that keeps giving. That's how I read that. No. Okay. I mean, it's interesting because also in these, I mean, if you think 17th century, probably people did have a lot of fleas <laughs> sitting around. I am certain. Yes, of it. But I also think like there's actually a tradition of like these little blood sucking insects as uh, markers of sexual desire. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm thinking actually of another poem by the French symbolist uh, Rimbaud uh, called uh, The Lice Seekers, I think. Uh, in which the young man who's getting the lice picked from his head mm-hmm. is in both kind of a state of ecstasy and a state of like pain and itchiness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like a lot of a lot of emotion happening, but it's it's this strange eroticizing uh-huh. of somebody um, picking off lice, and he even he even like describes the popping of the lice between the fingernails of these these uh, women. I want to look on kink.com and see if this is a, <laughs> an established thing. kink. I actually totally love that poem. I probably will, will, will bring it uh, okay. at some point for us to read. But back to, back to this oh, one. Yeah, yeah. Now that, that, now that I've just laden it with, with various things, but you can, you can see in her style here, she's using paradox. She's using um, bizarre comparisons. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's using wit. Um, she's sort of uh, intellectualizing or trying to um, what seems to me uh, uh, a poem about a relationship, a romantic relationship between two people who should not, not be, be together. together. Yeah. Um, so I'll go anywhere to leave you, but come with me. Yeah, I could just see them. They probably, um, my guess, they rock it in bed and they are utterly miserable and hateful hateful couple in outside. real life yeah yeah like the sex is astounding <laughs> but they will get into a fist fight over ordering breakfast right there, there seems to be that that happening there <laughs> um all the cities are like you anyway like what <laughs> already the comparison between the you and a city which i can kind of see like you know it may be complex and interesting windows darken when i get close enough to see any place we want to stay is polluted. The good spots taken already by those who ruined them. So you, you get that con- contradiction um, all at the start. There's a lot about this poem that feels like it, it's almost in form. Mm-hmm. It is not. Especially in the first stanza where you have me and cities, windows and close, we and see. Where there's there's a lot of sonic texture, there's a lot of rhyme happening in that first stanza, mm-hmm. um, but all it, all of it is internal, okay. um, and so you can't see the 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 ends the end line is just me windows see polluted, mm-hmm. and yeah. you're like well windows and polluted are not a rhyme right, right. Um, no but, matter how much you try to slant that yes exactly, um, but then as as you go on you're like okay I can see may- maybe she's got an A B A C thing going on but then you 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 read the next one and those find knights pairs and you're like nope, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it kind of keeps going in and out of drifting in and out of um, rhyme mm-hmm. um, and and it, and it throws it in it starts to throw it in at, at seemingly random moments. Um, but all the all the cities are like you anyway. Windows darken when I cl- when I get close enough to see, which gives you a good sense of of the relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm approaching you, but yeah. Oh, oh and, uh, now you're going stone face. Now you're shutting down. Yes. Okay. Oh, I asked you a real question, right, and this right. is how you're reacting, yeah. right? Any place we want to stay is polluted. The good spots already taken by those who ruined them. So, so <laughs> that's anachronistic anyway. Like, or, I mean, it, it's another paradox, right? Mm-hmm. So the people um, are sitting in the good spots and by sitting in the good spots, they therefore ruin them. Okay. And so they are not the good spots, right? Hmm. 
And he I thought it was just a bitter thing of like, oh, look at those happy lovers ruining that bench. <laughs> I mean, it it's it is also that, yeah. right? But the good spots taken already by those who ruin them is a contradiction. Which, which also you could say that about any situation. You go to a a sports game in those box seats taken by corporations, people who don't care. Oh yeah, by the people who ruin them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and restaurants we'd never find. We'd rut a ditch by a river in nights. Now, okay, that. Actually, uh, that's that's the line. There, there were two two lines that I I scribbled next to, uh-huh. um, and I'm sure on your second reading, maybe I'll scribble more. But we'd rut a ditch by the river and nights. Just rut a ditch. Uh huh. That has I don't want to say layers. Um, yeah. But we know that if you're in a rut, you keep going through the rut, and eventually right. it becomes a ditch. Yes. However, uh huh. We know that these people are probably. There's also to rut. Yeah, to rut. Uh-huh. Like a couple of like a couple of pigs. pigs. Yes, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's almost like they've like screwed the ditch. Yes. They screwed themselves into a ditch of this relationship <laughs> and can't get out. We have crater fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Sex is great. I really, really do like you. <laughs> We'd rut a ditch by a river in nights so long. They must be cut by the many pairs of wrong-handled scissors maybe God owns and doesn't share. See, that's like, I'm like that does, none of that sounds good. Uh-huh. And it sounds like that is actually a fault in creation. Yes. But yeah. Getting just too... But like if knights are a fault in creation, right? Like if that's like the underlying thing of this poem, mm-hmm. um, it's sort of suspicion of, of God, then it's like, everything's wrong, right? You know, like we're wrong. This city is wrong. And it reminds me of you. Have <laughs> wrong handled scissors. Maybe God owns and doesn't share. <laughs> like, also like it's the wrong handled scissors, right. right? Like, but that, and that could be a number of ways. Yeah, left-handed scissors. Right. Yeah. Or, or the scissors themselves are handled wrong. Like, like you don't, like God even doesn't even know how to use them. <laughs> You know, like, what are you doing with those scissors, God? God's like, I don't know. Quiet, I'm ineffable. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ineffable. <laughs> yeah. Um, so God owns, doesn't share. And then. And then, yeah, then comes. I water God. God. <laughs> the speaker is watering God. I mean, it sounds like she's also saying like. I water God, <laughs> like I am a water God, but but the speaker hasn't used any any kind of uh, uh, use of that kind of language before. So the speaker is watering God, suggesting that God's a kind of plant. Um, and she's they have been by the river, right? Um, and so it, it goes it goes in really into the next line. I water God. I make a haunted lake and rinse and rinse. But if you think about like all of the symbology surrounding water in religion. Right. Like to be baptized, to be made pure in various ways, like water is really supposed to symbolize God. So if the speaker is watering God, um, then there's the contradiction in of itself that what that God is something either that needs to be grown because it's an immature plant or that needs to be cleaned. Right. I make a haunted lake and rinse and rinse the Holy Ghost. Right, I make a haunted lake. Oh, I did! Wow. And rinse and rinse. Yeah, God's dirty. <laughs> God, God's dirty. Yeah. Our good sex and hateful relationship is. <laughs> I don't think so. Like, I don't think that God here has much power, right? If God's handling the scissors wrong and also won't share them, I mean, it feels like God's a a, a child. Yeah. The wrong handled scissors. Um. Or the speaker is really kind of just shotgunning out in all directions their their irritation. Well, there is there's like a lot of riffing, 
in this like yeah. and, and riffing of course is a kind of linguistic drift right like you keep moving forward it's something you're, you're 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 just sort of shooting out and and you're riffing on the last thing that you said for the radio listeners who are just tuning in you're listening to lit from the basement with daniela max the poem we're discussing today is drift by brenda shaughnessy if you'd like to read along with the work you can find it on our website litfromthebasement.com go to the show notes tab and find show number 15 which is why it's turning over. I and then and then so there I water God, which could be I am a water God, and I make a haunted lake and rinse and rinse. Um, if the if it's so interesting, I make a haunted lake. So I create a lake that is haunted, question mark by what, and rinse and rinse myself, the lake, God. Uh, there's there's this use of of paradox or contradiction again in this, and then uh, and then a highly contradictory line is the next one. I take what I want, and have ever since what I want disappeared, like anything hunted. <laughs> okay, so what's hunted? The person themselves are they hunted? Right? She. I take what I want and have ever since what I want disappeared. Like anything hunted, like the person themselves are hunted or is the thing she wants hunted? This is a, I, I, this could also be a very like, salty version of you can't be the one you love. <laughs> then be the one you're with. <laughs> yeah, I take what I want and have ever since what I want disappeared. <laughs> Like anything hunted, uh, and so uh, just, for, just guessing. Let's just can, can refer to. Is it safe to just for a shorthand discussion? Can we say the speaker is a she? Yeah. Can we do all that? Yes, we'll just do that for shorthand. Yeah. So, uh, so she's pissed at somebody. Uh huh. <laughs> well, at the you. Well, she's obviously pissed at the you. Like uh -huh. I wound up with you because what I really wanted. And it's let. <laughs> well, I think it's that I'm with you and you cause me this kind of existential crisis, right? I mean, it's the, uh, I love you so much. You make me miserable. You know, um, I love you, you asshole. Yeah, exactly. I love you so much. I just want to make a necklace out of your teeth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No. Yeah. I take what I want and I have and have ever since what I want disappeared. Okay, so I take what I want now, ever since what I want disappeared, like anything hunted. So th there also there's a sense of 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 double scarcity there, and also like double consumption. I take what I want, and ever and have ever since what I want disappeared. Um, and then and then the very next line, like anything hunted. So it could be. The what they she wants the person or this you and the very next line is that's what you said. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, I'm sorry. Reverse that. Can we call uh -huh. it she? Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. I take what I want and have ever since what I want disappeared like anything hunted. That's what, what you, you said. said. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, no, it totally undercuts what it just said, right? Like, right. it feels like it's it's leading up to this sort of powerful declarative moment of I take what I want, I water God, I I make a haunted lake, I, I make a haunted lake. And also you've got the, the sort of echo of haunted and hunted happening in here too, which is also great, you know. Um, but yeah, that's what you said. And then the next line, disappointment isn't tender dried and wide instead that and the line that follow the next line or the, the what i scribbled next to i have no idea but i i uh -huh. i scribbled attention to like what <laughs> yeah so disappointment uh -huh. isn't tender like we think of something tender it's like small and squishy it's soft right mm -hmm. tender the meat is tender your nipples are tender <laughs> you know it's something that's like small and soft Right. And she's disappointment isn't tender. It's dried and wide instead. Right. It's like this hollowed out, dried out 
thing. It's a dried carcass and, drying. In, it's a salted skin hanging on a rack. Yes, totally. Yeah, it's, it's gone buffalo stiff. buffalo fur. It's, or it is yeah. the desert itself, <laughs> dried and wide instead, right? Um, the tourists snapped you crying. So, yeah, you know, so we just we just got back to dried and wide instead. And so I, the tourists snapped you crying. I mean, tourists have cameras. They snapped their cameras and took a picture of you, right? right? As you were crying. Next to a dried lake bed or right. or or they snapped you like a twig. Mm. Or both, right? Like Well, I think I think it's safe to say Yeah, I can see the the snapped like a twig, but come a tourist with a camera, it's Oh, yeah. Tourists like a camera, but sort of metaphorically, like you're sitting there crying and somebody comes and takes a picture of you. This city sucks. <laughs> right. Like, which is what she tells us anyways. All the cities are like you anyway. Windows darken when I get close enough to see. So everything, everything after all the cities are like you anyway, are an extended description of this city that is the you. So this is a hate tour. These yeah. folks are on. <laughs> yes, totally. And yet still become objects of other tourists to focus on yes i know it just becomes so convoluted yeah right so oh my god they went on vacation together and they found out halfway through on their around the world cruise they bought that they hate each other (laughs) but they had to stay on it (laughs) i remember you weeping in cambodia you fucking sissy (laughs) (laughs) the tourist snapped you crying and the blanket i bought and the blanket I brought was so dirty, it must have been lying around in lice and blood that whole year we fought. <laughs> yeah, it's so bitter. I love it. I love it so much. Uh, so, so she brought along a blanket. Uh huh. Well, suddenly, after this wonderful year they spent together of lice and blood. Well, you know, it's it's there's a river, there's a lake. Uh, she brought a blanket. Um, and I feel like this is a this is a this is a waterside tour that they're on vacation on. Maybe they're just still in that rut by the river. I don't know. Or they're in some kind of wonderfully scenic place, having it out. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we you know what? Let's go to that place where we had our first date a year ago. <laughs> and now that we hate each other, I'm done. Yeah, maybe. And I'm gonna make you weep on the riverbanks of <laughs> possibly while the tourists take pictures of you. Yeah. I must have been lying around in lice and blood the whole year we fought. And then it wasn't clear. So I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Which kind of like, just kind of like dismisses everything that happened. Well, it it at least dismisses what, what happened uh, in the lines previous. Mm -hmm. You know, the tourists snapped, snapped you crying and the blanket I brought was so dirty. Right. Um, That whole year we fought. It, it wasn't, wasn't clear. clear. So, I forgot. so I forgot. Oh, there's a rhyme. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But. I mean, it, 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 yeah, it's a hard rhyme that you got here. But what's unclear here is the it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't clear. What wasn't clear? The, the fight, the whole year they fought, the blanket itself, the tourist snapping pictures. Like what was it? So, so it actually causes a bit of confusion in saying that it wasn't clear. <laughs> right. It wasn't clear, so I forgot. <laughs> I'm moving along. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I haven't been sleeping next to you, twitching to bury my boring eyes. The ship made you sad, and the ferry and canoe, all boats do. <laughs> I, I just think that she left somebody weeping near a body of water. <laughs> And just had contempt for them. <laughs> is that what you think is I happening just... here? <laughs> uh, the ship would ostensibly get them out of whatever situation they're in. Right? They would get off the bank of this river or this lake or whatever and go to some other place. But they're stuck in a rut in a ditch. But they're also going from ship to ferry to boat. Mm-hmm. Like it's... The ship made you sad. And the ferry and canoe. So there's so any of the forms of transportation that one could get to cross this, all of the choices in the relationship, all of the times they've tried something to get out of this makes you sad. (laughs) But also with less room to move about. Yes. Oh, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. It goes from like the largest one to the smaller. Luxury liner to uh, the Staten Island Ferry to, oh, God, it's you and me in a paddle boat. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> totally. And th- that's the tone of the of the piece, right? But but also also the eye doesn't really want to leave. They're not there yet. No. No. They're miserable they're and miserable. stuck together. They're miserable because they love each other. They love certain aspects. Well, I mean, we don't get a, a, a full <laughs> a full view necessarily no. of, of this relationship, but there is there is a certain aspect of this that's like they have whittled down their emotional life to just one another in some ways, right? And they're miserable because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think of all the sort of like up a creek without a paddle, or you know, like to be stuck in this to to be stuck in this boat. Um, in Becalmed. some ways, um, gosh, nobody says becalmed. <laughs> Our relationship is becalmed. <laughs> no, nobody says that. What 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 is the uh, what is it when it's freakishly placid on an, on the ocean? Oh, the doldrums. Doldrums. <gasps> Those are incredible. I actually, when I was when I was uh, going across uh, the Atlantic um, in uh, in a ship, the captain actually, you know, came over the loudspeaker was like oh we we have the dold, the doldrums um if you want to check it out and I went up and looked at that and it was incredible it it looks as still as a water in a bath that has that nobody has dipped their toe into yet right still as a lake in morning but you're in the middle of the ocean and you get to understand immediately why people um, get superstitious. Yes. About that. Like you're in the middle of the ocean. There is no land anywhere nearby and there is absolutely no wind, especially when people used to travel would require wind to right. travel. Um, so uh, yeah, you can see how, how um, I, I mean, I remember a sort of old um, myths or stories in which, you know, the doldrums uh, came out as this kind of ominous, terrible thing because you could get stuck there and have no idea when you could ever actually reach land. Yeah. It was quite dangerous. Leave it. Yes, exactly. Quite dangerous. At some, I mean, the only option would be to row out um, if you had a kind of rowing mechanism, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it's interesting that you bring that up because I feel like the um, there is a kind of doldrums happening in this relationship mm-hmm. that is both... Uh, that makes them both stuck in a kind of dangerous way, yeah. right? Like they need to row to safety. Yeah, somebody's getting angry. <laughs> yes, for sure. And they're just getting sick of it, right? Like like you said, it's the ship and then the ferry and then the canoe. Um, their mobility is becoming less and less and less. And yet uh, the, this you is constantly sad, right? The ship made you sad. And the ferry and canoe. You get this transfer to transfer to transfer. It's like there's nothing that the I can do to make the you happy mm-hmm. uh, in some way. Um, and, and in some, I, I think that this is a good example of the way that emotion, like extreme emotion, leads to a breakdown of language. And you can see the kind of uh, ways that people create their own uh, paradoxes in thinking, their own contradictions in their emotional attachments, Mm -hmm. right? And you can see the speaker trying to work through that uh, the entire time uh, and and not getting out of it. (laughs) They're still stuck at the end, you know? Like, uh, you get the the, the sense of the end of their conversation, you know? Uh, Well, I don't want to take the ship. It makes me sad. I don't want to take the ferry. It makes me sad, too. And canoe, all boats make you sad. <laughs> well, I think also like all forms of moving through relationships do. No yeah. matter how much, how much, how much of a birth I give you. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Yeah. yeah. From wide to narrow, you're still dissatisfied. Yeah. The only other thing I would say is, 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 is the line right before that uh, uses this beautiful um, images extension. Mm-hmm. Twitching to bury my boring eyes. <laughs> Boring as in boring into, yeah. like I want to bore down so into you it gets buried, twitching to bury my boring eyes, but also my boring eyes as in I'm bored. Yeah. Um, you're I, boring. Yeah. Everything I look at <laughs> is dull. My eyes themselves have become <laughs> boring. boring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so great. I just want to Oedipus wrecks my eyes. I'm tired of this. 
But yeah, I I love how this uh, uses. I mean, she's so smart, and um, you know, there's there's so much wordplay um, happening throughout. For the radio listeners who are just tuning in, you're listening to Lit from the Basement with Danielle and Max. The poem we're discussing today is "Drift" by Brenda Shaughnessy. If you'd like to read along with the work, you can find it on our website, litfromthebasement.com. Go to the show notes tab and find show number 15. We probably, this would have been a great Valentine's Day. Oh, you're right. It would have been. But my question is, Uh again, what was it about going to the governor's election party? (laughs) (laughs) It didn't make me think of this poem. Okay. Yeah, no, no, no. It it was just, I, I think that I saw the governor speak and she was like, so like, well, oh, like, a, a bit of a, a, a saucy firecracker. Fire yes, oh, fire exactly. Okay. And I was like, and and I think that in my head, I was I was a little bit happy all day, sort of thinking about like vivacious women. Mm-hmm. And so then when I went winning into, power, yes. Um, and so um, you know, there there's a certain even if the speaker of this is uh lacking in a kind of um power to get out of the thing that she constructed, she still helped to construct it. And there is a certain, uh, and there is a certain, uh, creative potency to the, to the one who makes language about it, mm-hmm. about the situation, right? She's woven this situation into, uh, an object of art in some ways. Uh, the communicative potency, I should say, of this speaker. I think that's. That felt very fast. Did it? <laughs> yeah. Are are we? No, no, we're 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 yeah. Time to cut. Okay, great. Um, do you want to hear that poem one more time? Yes, let's take it for a row one more time. <laughs> if you want to read along with the poem, just go to our website litfromthebasement.com, Click on the show notes tab along the top, and then look for show number fifteen. <laughs> Drift by Brenda Shaughnessy I'll go anywhere to leave you, but come with me. All the cities are like you anyway. Windows darken when I get close enough to see. Any place we want to stays polluted. The good spots taken already by those who ruin them. And restaurants we'd never find. We'd rut a ditch by a river in nights so long they must be cut by the many pairs of wrong-handled scissors maybe God owns and doesn't share. I water God. I make a haunted lake and rinse and rinse. I take what I want and have ever since what I want disappeared like anything hunted. That's what you said. Disappointment isn't tender dried and wide instead the tourists snapped you crying and the blanket I brought was so dirty it must have been lying around in lice and blood that whole year we fought it wasn't clear so I forgot I haven't been sleeping next to you twitching to bury my boring eyes the ship made you sad and the ferry and canoe all boats do Apparently, there is a pile of scissors. I'm imagining. <laughs> Wait, where? Um, the uh, uh, um. Oh, by the by many, many pairs. pairs just like wrong. nope, wrong one. Toss over the shoulder. There's a stack. <laughs> oh my god, you're right. I didn't even notice it. And then, I, and then I've always, and then I also didn't even notice. I haven't been sleeping, comma next to you, to you. twitching and bearing like I, like I haven't been sleeping because I'm next to you right <laughs> I haven't been sleeping like because I've been burying my boring I'm eyes boring in my you my eyes in the back of your head yeah. I hate yeah, your exactly. snoring yeah exactly I'm always afraid you're gonna I'm gonna roll over out of my snore and look over at you and you're gonna be like this, you know what I don't love you enough to take your snoring anymore <laughs> I've gotten used to it plus really? we've, plus we've got this we've got the fan yeah, and I've learned to just sleep consistently on my left hand side away, <laughs> away from, from you. Me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because even when the boys climb into the bed, if I roll over to my right, they shove their little hands in my Your face. face. <laughs> <laughs> the boys uh actually do pretend to sleep by snoring. Yeah. 
<laughs> when they're pretending to sleep, Mama, I sleeping. He lays down and closes his eyes and put his little hands on his chest. And he goes, <laughs> uh, anyways, I hope that you enjoyed this. I hope I did. that our, there's a good mood lift. Yeah, we Thank did you. that. <laughs> You're welcome. There's so many poems from this collection that I could have chosen. Uh, I want to, <laughs> want to read you one. It's a really short one. Um, it's called a poet's poem. Mm. If it takes me all day, I will get the word freshened out of this poem. I put it in the first line, then move it to the second, and now it won't come out. It's stuck. I'm so frustrated. So I went out to my little porch all covered in snow and watched the icicles drip as I smoked a cigarette. Finally, I reached up and broke a big, clear spike off the roof with my bare hand and used it to write a word in the snow. I wrote the word snow. <laughs> I can't stand myself. <laughs> the end. <laughs> we have links on our homepage for you to subscribe to our show on iTunes and Spotify. You can also subscribe through the Google Play Store. Our show notes have their own tab on our website. There you can find a copy of the work we discussed, a link to purchase the work, author information, anything else we thought might be relevant. If you have a comment, suggestion, correction, or anything, just shoot us a message by using our contact page. And if you want to hear Danielle read some of her work, click on the Vanity Press tab on our website. Thanks for talking. Yeah, thanks have for doing this. <laughs> <laughs> have a good night. Have a good night. Thank you for being here. Bye-bye. thinking of your zing your little mm. a formal a former minion of the sorrowful <laughs> of the high priest of sorrow yeah. <laughs> kind of yeah a former minion of the high priest of sorrow priestess probably no because i don't think sorrow's female really oh man i do really yeah sorrow's a woman sorrow's a weeping woman hmm La Llorona. Yeah, exactly. Word. Okay. Sorrow is La Llorona. <laughs> okay, should we intro this up? Yeah, let's do it. Let's intro this bad boy. I'm going to intro the fuck out of this. <clears throat> Welcome to Lit from the Basement. This is Danielle. This is Max. I'm an author and professor. I was once a minion for a...